I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Kia ora and welcome to another Aotearoa Rugby pod. We've got a semi-finalist in place for Super Rugby and we've got an all-black squad being named next weekend. So that'll dominate the show this weekend as ever. I'm Ross Carl, James Parsons in Auckland, down in Christchurch, Bryn Hall, who is into the Super Rugby semi-finals this weekend against the Chiefs on Friday night. The Crusaders looked pretty good. You guys were pretty happy on the weekend with that win over the Reds. Um, oh, obviously, great to be to go through to another semi-final. Um, I think Ross was a little bit was a little bit fifty-fifty. I think um, execution-wise was probably a little bit off for us, and I think our intent and our collision area was a lot better. With our, uh, we got some really good quick ball and were able to really pounce in that kind of second half stage. Uh, but yeah, a lot of things we need to work on for this for these Chiefs boys who um, had a pretty great result against the, the Waratahs and knowing um, that they beat us last time down when they came down south. So yeah, it's going to be a great week and we've already started previewing them, but um, good to get the win against the Reds and um, you know, hopefully we can just work on a few things that um, going forward the semi. It's pretty impressive, I think overall, the semi, the uh, quarterfinals. Yeah, well they, were, well, they were hard-fought games, all of them, pretty much that first half. And then the, and then the dominant teams that we've seen over the whole season um, sort of ran away with them um, at the back end. I think that's what differentiates a lot of the teams this, this season is that 80-minute performance and being able to consistently do it um, and having that depth of the squad um, to have uh, you know impact and energy off the bench. So it was, it was definitely an exciting weekend of footy, especially you know, for the games that I, you know, I was at. Um, you know, that first half, you're a little bit um, nervous at times. Mm, the Highlanders really put it in there, Especially didn't if you're a Blues supporter. <laughs> it, it didn't look that great to start with. No, it was, I think there's just a lot of errors, a lot of turnover ball, and the Highlanders just, you know, got off to a great start. Marty Banks is 50-22, um, and physically they just, you know, brought the heat. Um, but once the Blues started going back to their game of picking through the middle and um, getting you know the offload game and, and that fast ball, you know, not even using cleaners sometimes. Um, if you look at a kid's try, I think it's Tucker just pops it straight up to Finlay, straight to Rico, and um, you know, obviously a kidder um, finishing it off. But Bryn, this is playoff footy. Things don't always go your way. It's about riding the wave, right? Yeah, I think it is, and even for us, you know, probably a lot of people thought New Zealand team, bar probably the Hurricanes and Brumbies game, was going to be a formality. But um, you know, semi-final and quarter-finals are. Tough games. Um, it's a new season, and um, you look at the Highlanders game. If there's probably one team in the comp that didn't want a red card, it couldn't afford to have a red card. It was probably the Highlanders, and probably um, helped the Blues a little bit more being able to, um, I guess, get that better half, second half. And so the, the Highlanders obviously um, tried to hold on for as long as they could, but then you know the Blues forward pack and being able to get those offloads, like Jip alluded to, 
um, ended up being a lot um, tougher. And then I think the Waratahs, that's one um, probably quarter final that I thought got away away from them. The amount of handling errors that they had, the amount of opportunities that they had against the Chiefs, um, you know, they'll be probably kicking themselves thinking that um, they could have got that result or made it a lot closer than it did. And then I think the Brumbies um, and, and Hurricanes game, you know, what a game. And I think probably the turning point, I don't know what you think, Jip, but I think with Bodie Barrett, or not Bodie, sorry, with Geordie going off um, for his HIA and TJ going off, I think, you know, TJ must have been in a lot of pain to be able to go off with, you know, 20 minutes to go. And uh, I just thought probably the kicking game of the Brumbies and the wet was a difference in that game. And probably one thing the Hurricanes probably need to work on moving forward um, for next year, um, just with the kicking game and, and game management with, without having Geordie Barrett, like we talked about, um, was going to be a big part of the game. Yeah, well, I mean, the Brumbies, it was interesting. They didn't use their kick game as well as they probably wanted to in that first half. And I think it was more about their adjustments than too much of what the, the Canes did. Um, and, and surprisingly, when you look at the stats of the Brumbies' season, they're, they're quite low down. I think they're 8th or ninth in the attacking stats. But it's because they do so much um, work and dominance off the back of their you know, contestable kicking game or long and out kicking game. And then when they get in the 22, it's normally a maul or... Um, you know, going into that sort of tight stuff. So when they t- stick to that blueprint, they're a real threat. And I think they've, they've just got to be comfortable with going out and doing that this weekend, not trying to match the Blues in their style, just play their style and will give themselves the best chance for a win. Mm-hmm. The, were you surprised at the way the Canes fell away? I mean, despite Geordie Barrett, Dane Coles coming off, TJ <coughs> Pettinata coming off, were you surprised that they weren't able to see that out? No, look, as I said, like, I think the Brumbies were a hell of a lot better in terms of their game management in the second half. Um, you know, at the start of the game, the, the Hurricanes were all, all into it. You know, you, you sort of thought, man, they could run away with this. Um, but you, you, the calming influence and in, in the experience, I'd say, of Nick White, um, you know, getting them back in the zone and the way they orchestrated it. Uh, that's why I sort of say it was probably more about them and the way they executed rather than, you know, the Hurricanes falling off. One of the questions we asked each week, I suppose, is which team um, either disappointed the most or failed to live up to expectations. Bryn, were there any expectations any different to what you saw on the score sheet at the end of that weekend? Um, probably not. I think we all, well, I picked the, I picked the Brumbies to beat the Hurricanes, but I think more so it was probably the Waratahs and the way they lost. Um, you know, they had a lot of opportunities being able to um, give a lot of problems for the Chiefs and probably just the execution and how many mistakes they made in crucial moments. There's probably one thing um, that probably I, I look back and thinking if they got those right, it could have been a different result. Um, even so, even though the Chiefs won and it's quite a convincing win in the end, I think the Waratahs probably out of this quarterfinal series were probably the only team that I thought, um, you know, probably could have put posed a bit more if they got the execution right and made it a little bit closer. But um, other than that, they went all the way with my results and who I thought were going to win. And I, and I think the Chiefs are probably the best or one of the best sides at punishing mistakes. <laughs> like you almost, when yeah. you give mistakes to the Chiefs, they'll end up scoring or they'll take you down the other end and put uh, you know put you under that territory pressure. So um, it's just you know, not a side you want to um, spill the ball over to too many times. You know, you just got to look at Nankville's try. A lot of people just dive on that. He grubbers it and scores a you know, five-pointer and, and the way Bryn's kicking, uh, they're, they're normally seven-pointers <laughs> at the moment. Mm-hmm. The interplay, the support lines, like when they get going, there's a sense that they know where their other players going and, and the people around them are. Yeah, and I think it's the old adage, and Bryn will know this when, you, when you're doing review, how many jerseys has your team got on the picture and how many jerseys the opposition. And when there's a line break or um, offloads needed, there are so many Chiefs jerseys in and around the ball um, ready and willing to work. And, and they're in really good position because it's, it's hard... Harder than you think to be in a support line that you can receive a pass, you can clean out, 
um, or you can play halfback. You know, you, you've got to be able to almost see your mates the back of the jersey so that you can react to what's happening. Rather than you'll see a lot of guys that aren't good at support lines, they run quite flat, and they're only at, they're only an option for a pass. And if they don't get that pass, they run past, and then normally it's a turnover that breakdown. So it's an area of the game that they're just so um, lethal at. So which team impressed the most for you coming out of the quarterfinals into the semis? For me, it was the Chiefs. I, I honestly think, um, you know, I don't know, they just, they looked on. Um, and, and I think it's, it's going to be an exciting uh, next two weeks um, with, with those fixtures. And that's what you want to hear, of course, Bryn. <laughs> I've just got no, such well, high expectations yeah. of the Crusaders, you know. <laughs> they never surprise yeah, me. Well, it's like, oh, there's another win, notch it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, um, yeah, the Chiefs are pretty impressive, I think. Um, you know, we've seen it in the whole year, and I think, you know, you bring up some really good points around if you're going to make mistakes against those boys, um, you're going to pay. And so um, we were, last time we played them down south, um, they beat us, and you know, there's a few little errors here and there um, that cost us that game. And so um, I think if they can get Sam Kane back, I know that um, it looks like he's going to be playing. Um, anytime you get Brody Retallick and, and Sam Kane playing to give them that forward pack, um, they end up having pretty good results. Pretty, pretty sure, I could be wrong, I thought I just heard in the commentary, like, it was like an 88% winning success rate when those two are together. So um, we're going to have to be we're gonna have to be right on because I think they're hitting a, um, a rich reign of form and probably even guys like Quinta Pai, I think, are standing right up in these um, in that final series. So um, there's a lot of men that, in that Chiefs team that are playing well. And so we have to be right on and um, it's going to be a great encounter come Friday night in Christchurch. The 12% is probably against the Crusaders, mate. <laughs> no, they've had a couple of wins against us. They've had a couple of wins against us. So, um, yeah, again, just having those two together, you know how um, how those two play and being able to get them both on the field at the same time for that team. Um, they make gives them a really formidable full pick and um, give them a great chance on, on Friday. Who was your player of the round? Oh, it's hard. I, I think for yeah. someone that um, had to state their claim, probably um, there's a couple out of the Blues and Hollands. I thought Ethan De Groot was fantastic. So I think his opposite um, Hodgman was, but I, I think it was Rogers' best round, and, and I just think he was he was fantastic. Not only on attack, but defensively, he seems to be just getting better and better each each week. And in a big match, when they were under pressure, um, you know, he really stood up and, and and delivered. So it was it was him for me. And people are watching, you know, they're watching, and he just keeps on delivering. He keeps stepping up. Yeah, and I don't know. It's just good decision, you know. When he busts through that line, it would have been so easy to give the the inside ball um, to Bodie, but you know he gives it to Reeks, which commits that last defender. And it's little decisions like that that look like, oh yeah, you don't think too much of it, but there's you know considered thought at running at full pace um, to make sure that the five point is scored. Who did you like, Bryn? Yeah, I, yeah, Roger was a notable mention. I think I think they put him in the All Blacks to be honest, Jim, <laughs> if I'm being honest. That game, yeah. um, we talked around. I think these kind of games. Um, you know, being able to play against the Australian teams, build his confidence, and then getting a game against the um, against the Highlanders and playing a game like that, um, I think you know that's probably one of that game there puts him in their All Black frame, to be honest. But I actually went a couple. Um, I had Sevu, who I thought was great on the weekend for us. So I had Bodie and Richie. Um, they kind of um, cancelled each other out. Um, More we played really well for the for the Hurricanes, I thought. But I actually went Brady Retallick. I thought Brady Retallick was. Um, was outstanding on the weekend for the Chiefs, and uh, any times you can get a player like that playing at this, playing at that kind of level at this kind of time of the year, um, it set themselves up really nice for the team. So um, I went Brody, closely followed by um, by Rog. Any other Chiefs players? Just just you know, just to butter them up. Should be a politician, mate. No, mate. <laughs> tough, tough to get on my list, bro. But Brody, Brody was. 
<laughs> always on Mr. Oh, he's on point. Always on Mr. He's Mrs. always Trimble. on point. Um, been well media trained. Yeah, Razor's done a great job with you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't think Brady played well, Joe? No, I did. I just noticed that you're greasing him up. <laughs> First time well, in no, the whole no. competition, I've heard you give a low number yeah. player, of, player of the round. And no surprises well, you're playing people. him this week. Yeah. I mean, six uh, people and uh, one of them, mate. So, yeah, that's 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 even the possible returning injured players are getting Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Getting 88%. <laughs> I'm just impressed, Bryn. I'm just impressed, mate. <laughs> hey, there are a number of injured players coming out of that round. Uh, Aaron Smith, Dalton Papali'i, Ethan Blackadder. You know, there are a number of injury <clears throat> concerns for the All Blacks with those names. Yeah. It, well, if there is ever positions that have got depth it's Lucy's and, and nines mm. so if you look at it from that sense that it, it's fortunate that you know we do go quite deep in those positions but all key players and I would say all players that would have made the All Blacks squad. Yeah yeah and we'll come back to Super Rugby because we've got a chance to chat All Blacks and you know why the hell not we've got a squad being named on Monday we've got to figure out who they are we'll before then, we've still got semi-finals we played. It's odd that it's not being named after the final like it usually is, so it gives a little bit more intrigue to that final week to find out who's in and around and etc. It's we a big week, this, these two games, isn't it? For, for guys that are on the cusp. Yeah, massive. Yeah, so I think it's exciting in that sense. You know, It really brings a finals atmosphere to both of these semis. Mm. Um, they're, going to, they're going to be great games. So do you see any newbies coming into this squad? Um, Potentially, or someone returning back. I think Lou said prop. There's a there's a opportunity there. I think Bauer and De Groot probably take it, um, and then that, that sort of third um, or sixth prop is is either I think going to be Aiden Ross or Alex Hodgman. Alex Hodgman obviously having a um, you know a strong season, and he he was great the other night. Um, and Aiden Ross has just continued his you know tradesman like form of you know being able to do this you know the 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 flick passes and the little um, bombs out the back, but also the, the chief scrum. I, I don't know if you saw just before the break the, when they got the penalty, you know, between himself and Angus Tarvel, they're just marching, you know, international props backwards. So mm. I think he's he's staking his claim um, as a new cap. What about for you, Brent? Um, yeah, I thought Adam Ross, um, he'd be one that'd be um, knocking on the door. And probably, obviously, you got Falau Fakatava. Uh, I don't know. I'd hate to choose a, as a as a coaching selector with the amount of talent there is at Harpeck at the moment. Um, also, I think also um, Roger Tuivasa-Shek will be named, and then Stephen Perifeta. And I think lastly, I think Lester Fyinganuku will um, will end up being in the All squad. So a couple, a couple of newbies, and um, that's what I'm thinking. Mm, but all quite well tested newbies. They've been around yeah. for a few years. They're not just a bolt out of the blue. Well, that's the thing is you, you do see that there is an expectation to have two three years of form and I think you know if you use um, RTS is probably as an, an outlier um, but I think Lester Whaianganuku and, and Stephen Perifera as we've sort of waxed lyrical have both been form players for a long period of time at both NPC and super level so I, I think it wouldn't be a surprise to see those guys there. And in Roger's case we've got best part of a decade of form in the NRL. Yeah, and, and he's just getting better and better. So, um, you know, he looks ready for that level of intensity too. Um, what about at 10? You know, we've heard Richie Maunga say this week that he's looking at heading off to Japan. Do we need to be thinking about what happens after the World Cup already? Or are we just 
thinking World Cup right now? Yeah, I just think you think World Cup. Um, there's a, there's enough talent coming through. You know, Bryn Gatlin's had a great season. I think Aidan Morgan's been exceptional um, since taking over at the 10 jersey mm-hmm. at the Canes. Um, and, and we've spoken about Stevie and his ability to play 10, and, and if he gets into the squad, um, he fits that role, Damian McKenzie coming back. So I, I don't think it's a massive area of concern. Mm, mm. There's a bit of depth there. Well, Mitch Hunt as well. Like We can't forget him. Yes, he's out injured and uh, hasn't been the Highlanders season. He's another option as well. Um, he's, had, he's had form over a long period of time as well. But if you've got those two mainstays and you've got Stephen Petafetta in your squad, you're, you're pretty well covered. Yeah, up. and I think, look, it's a four-year cycle. You, you can plan for that post-World Cup, but at the moment she's all, all steam ahead to, to get that trophy. Shall we start up front then? You've talked your props. Yeah, pretty much. So I, I think they picked themselves with Joe Moody's injury, and I think it's just a decision between, you know, Alex and um, and Aiden. Um, so you know, you got Bauer, DeGroote, uh, Angus, Tarvel, um, off the Tonga Fussy, and then Nepo La 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 as the three tight heads. What about your hookers? Yeah, look, I think they'll go with Colsey and, and Cody, and and um, with the with a form decision and, and being able to see more of them, Samasoni Takiaho, um, with, with Amua and, and Eklund uh, ready to go if needed. Mm. So those are your three. I mean, if you were to put a little ranking order on those three right now, Brent, considering form, would Samasoni be at the top of that list? Well, I think it'd be a 1A and 1A, actually, probably him and Cody. I mm. think, you know, they've both been playing pretty good footy. And Takiaho's probably played a little bit more with the fact that Cody's been out with an injury, so... Um, yeah, I think those three hookers will speak for themselves, and obviously having Dane for that experience, um, he's you know get him in the squad and been able to get him right. He'll be sweet as come um, come game time. But yeah, those are the three. It's probably a great rise for Tokiaho if you think about it. You know, last year coming in for Amor and a few injuries in their hooking role, he's kind of uh, made it his own, and he's you know the third hooker, and possibly you could even start him with how well he's played at international level, and even in um, this year for Super Rugby as well. It's his size, man. He's just so big. And it's his point of difference at international footy. You know, we've spoken about winning collisions and, you know, they, they look at that Irish game and the French game and talk about, you know, those packs doing the damage. That's what he has is his point of difference is he can just get over that game line even without a runner. Um, so I, I think he's in your 23. Um, whether he's got two or 16, I'm not too sure. And the All Blacks have been served well in the past by guys like that, guys who have been hookers, who consistently, like Kevin Mialamu, can get over that game line and get you there. Yeah, it's a massive part of the role. Um, but also, you know, you've still got to do the stuff on the edge where Colsey and Cody shine as well. So, And I think he can do that. Um, but his impact off the bench may be, may be quite valuable against tiring bodies. I think what I've been impressed with him as well, Jim, is also just his step-piece ball. Yeah, I, I think really probably... Yeah, it's improved a lot since when he first came on the scene. Um, now um, it's bread and butter and being able to get those core roles, especially international level. You've seen that last year. Just speaks volumes to the amount to be able to just come in, not selecting the squad, come in, and then being able to execute under pressure. Um, yeah, it's really well done. And so he's going to be well-deserved to be um, being in that, that um, those hooker roles with Colsey and um, with Dane. Yeah, I, I just think oh, any time um, <clears throat> you get to spend time in an environment with someone like Sam Whitelock, you see a lot of hookers improve, and I know Sam won't like me, you know, singling him out as the the main reason. But he he is just such a student of the line out, and you you learn so much from a hooker's point of view that you can potentially take back to super level and say, have we thought about these line out options and so forth? Which then you're then you know controlling what confident throws you have, and I think we've seen that he's got Brody there as well back. Um, he's just surrounded himself in probably the last six to twelve months with 
some of the best line-out exponents in, in our game. So you've got Brody Retallick, Sam Whitelock, um, obviously Scott Barrett. Those are your three staples. Tupo um, You put Tupo Vai as well into yeah. that All Blacks mix. Do you pick a fifth or do you go for an extra loose forward? Extra loosey. Yeah. Same for you, Bryn? Yeah, definitely for the Irish series. I think yeah. maybe... It's hard um, with Paddy not available. Yeah, once you come back to the Rugby Championship and you've got Paddy that can come back and you can have five and maybe drop a Lucy or just keep a bigger score. Yeah, because I think that he stays because he's got the ability to play Lucy and um, lock. Mm. So it may be one Lucy drops. Yeah, yeah, you've always got the ability just to pull into the Irish series. Well, you're at home. You're at it's, home. It's, it's, it's easy. Yeah, yeah. So what does your loose forward makeup look like? I'll let Bryn start yes. on the Lucys. Yeah, this is all right. Well, with, with Ethan being injured, it's made it a little bit easier. Um, so I've gone Dalton, Sam, Artie, Jacobson, Frizzell, and Akira. And then obviously, if they go seven, um, obviously out of Hoskins and Kelly. Um, so um, we'll go Hoskins. Uh, I'll go Kelly. <laughs> You've nailed it, Bryn. You've nailed it, mate. We're in agree. I do agree, though. The blackhead injury saved a lot of um, toing and froing for me anyway. I, I just think it's been such a hard position. And that's why you've got to go seven, I think. Um, unless the, the selectors are, you know, clear cut on who there's their six are and um, they go six and maybe cover and, uh, carry an extra lot. Not too sure. So one thing, Chip, I did wanted to wanted to say, if um, you know, if there was a, if there was an injury for Adi or Sam, who would be a seven that you'd pick in if they wanted to brick an out and out seven with Dalton being out for the, probably the first part? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, if I'm honest. Um, I, I really enjoyed go? Jacobson at seven. And, and obviously mm. your, your other option was Blackadder because he can play seven. But I, I I don't know. I think Jacobson's ability to play all three now is, is clear cut. I thought he was great on the weekend. Mm. Um, so it's potentially someone like him. But look at you smiling. Oh, <laughs> Any time well, he gets mate, mentioned. You know, the, the initial mention wasn't there. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 look, a guy that hasn't had as many opportunities down with you, Tom Christie, I think um, he wouldn't. He wouldn't look out of place either. Like he's just a tackle machine. Um, you know he'll do his job. So if they're looking for an out-and-out out seven, um, that's a question without notice, though. So I'd have to do a little bit more work and, and come back come back to you. <laughs> the king of preparation. Um, Bryn, I want to put it back on you. Why Cullen Grace over Hoskins Satutu if you are going to make a call in that particular position? <coughs> Sorry, I thought we were going to go into the halfbacks and I was getting ready to shake my head because I can't choose them. But, um, yeah, for... Oh, I just think Cullen's had a great year. Um, and so I think, you know, probably a lot of competition this year with Pablo Mateta coming into the squad and, you know, probably Pablo started this year, this year probably getting the bounce on him. But, look, his consistency um, has been great for us throughout the year. I think his collision area is a massive, is a massive um, positive for him and being able to do those extra efforts has probably been seen compared to where he wasn't staying where he was last year. And so um, I think his ability is just as the collision area, I think, is really his um, his biggest attribute. And so I know Hoskins has the ability to be able to go off the back of a scrum and Jip can probably allude to more what he does really well. And he does, you know, he's a great player and, you know, he can be warranted for selection with his form as well. But I just think the way that Kelly's been playing through the whole year, um, he's been consistent, which is probably the most important thing for Kelly. He's had back-to-back weeks and back-to-back games um, playing really at a high level. Yeah, look, I'm not going to get in a, a Hoskins versus Kelly situation, but what, what I will say is Hoskins is averaging 10 carries, 10 tackles, but out of those, um, that's per game, but out of those, uh, some key stats for me is, is 50% of those carry metres he has is post-contact. 
Mm. So he, he does win collisions and he does come out the other side a lot of the time. 61% of it is gain line ball. And then if you look at the other four, say we use the 10, they're neutral. So he's not going backwards. You know, he's not, he, he's just secure carrier, which we know. And then 96% tackle stats. You know, that's, that's pretty impressive for the amount of tackles that come down his channel. Yeah. Um, so I, I think he's had his best year, both sides of the ball. He, he's sort of shown me um, the complete package. And, and where they sort of cross each other out is they're both their point of difference is their line-out work. They're both great, great options at line-out time, so, um, which, is, which is huge, uh, especially at international. Mm-hmm. Especially if you look at a, a mix maybe with <coughs> Sam Kane and Adi Saber in it, neither who are, you know, you would call world-class line-out jumpers. They're options, but not world-class line-out jumpers. You've got to have some people around like that. Yeah, and I just think they're, they're both so explosive and, and, and they're easy lifts and they get, you know, means lifters can almost let them go. I mean, I saw, when I played, when Cullen Grace first came on the scene, um, he stole one of our line-out balls that was an overthrow to the midfield, which normally they don't even get near. And, and we looked on the tape, and Cody literally let him go, and Cody's hands are pretty much around his Achilles. <laughs> and, and he's stolen it from there, pretty much just flying like Superman. So um, he's, a, he's a real weapon in and around that line-out stuff, and, and, and so is Hoss. But I just think, you know, Hoskins is probably the incumbent you know, so, and he hasn't done anything to warrant being left out. Yeah, yeah. Now start shaking your head again, Bryn. It's, <laughs> it's halfback time. What on earth do you do here? Mate, I've been that, um, having that many headaches and we've had that many chats within our team, just in general as well, with the halfbacks that you take. Um, I just think they must have to select four. Because I, I, well, I just don't injury. know how... With Nuggie's injury, I yeah, think they Nuggie's may injury. have to. I'm not too sure how, how, bad uh, that how is. long Nuggie's in. Yeah. Um, but you've obviously got Nuggie. You start with Nuggie. And then you just can't go past Finlay Christie not being involved because he's been the form halfback and the biggest part around with that Blues tier along with Bodie. And then you've got Falau, who's, you know, who just has completely, something completely different. But then you've got Brad and TJ that are incumbents into that side and haven't played bad enough to be able to, you know, if you do a talk around Hoskin and being incumbents, I haven't done anything to, to not get picked. So, Brad but if I have TJ, to choose... Do Brad and TJ, just Sorry, before God. you, if you have to choose, they're both eligible for the Māori? Am I correct for that? So that yeah, potentially could play against them because they know they're going to get some rugby and it could be an all-out, you know, whoever the best three are out of this series will we'll get the nod Rugby Championship? I don't know. Um, but let's not forget those midweeks. Sorry, Bryn, that may impact your selection, but... <laughs> um, unless you know something we don't, you can just tell us right now, nah, mate, I've, I've, I've already been told. Um, but, yeah, that, that's an option to get all five out there yeah, um, and playing off for the three for the rugby championship yeah when you look at the combinations and the skills they bring i think we've seen in the last couple of years that you know they've they've had brad weber starting almost when when aaron smith isn't there because of a more similar style and continue to have tj coming off the bench because of what he brings in that role and it makes you think that maybe it's tj versus falau for that position of style the, yeah. of that style of halfback so over the last couple of years probably falau's got a greater form but at the same time, TJ's looked quite good in the last few weeks. Yeah, oh, TJ's looked great. He's really come into his own. Um, don't know. I, I, I think they, they'll have a plan around all five of, of getting them rugby, I feel. 
um, and and that's why the two tests against the the Maori uh, is crucial for that mm. for a number of players to be honest. But I've got a five to five to make a call. I'd, I'd go based on form. I'd go Nagi, Red. Red's probably, Finlay. probably Finlay. Finlay Christie. Finlay Christie. We've been. Uh, we've been. Sorry, yeah. I'm Finlay. We've chastised using nicknames during yeah. the week. So the Red is Finlay, Finlay Christie. Yeah. Nuggy is Aaron Smith. <laughs> and uh, my apologies sorry, for using sorry. nicknames and players' sorry, names along the way. <laughs> oh, I'll start that again. I'll start that again. No, no, no. Aaron Smith. Yeah. Aaron Smith. Manawatu. Uh, Finlay Christie. <laughs> Finlay Christie and. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Falau, but I think either TJ or Brad, if there's a few injuries. Oh, actually, I don't know. I don't know. I've just got. I'm gonna go Nuggy, Aaron Smith, and Finlay Christie, and I'm leaving the third one because I seriously can't choose. Jip, maybe you can jump on board. No, I, I think I, I think all five are gonna be factored into playing minutes. Mm. So I don't know how that looks. Do they carry an extra because of um, Aaron's injury? Not too sure. But um, all five are going to get an opportunity against Ireland to stake their claim for the rugby championship. Yeah, and then we wait to the rugby championship to see who are. I, I think so. Are here. I think this that that series provides an opportunity to get everyone out there playing. Mm, mm. I think we've already covered off what happens in the inside backs. I mean, outside of halfback, the the tens is pretty straightforward, isn't it? Um, yeah. What about the midfield? Where do we see here? Um, I've gone for five. So, so Rogers there, um, Quintapaya, Rico Ioane, um, Jack Goodhue and David Havili. I, I don't know if I'm missing someone. I feel like I'm missing someone. <laughs> um, so it, it, it's, um, but yeah, I think that's the fit based on what, what the squad needs. Mm. And then you've also got Geordie Barrett mm. in there somewhere if you need Yeah, it. well, I think um, Ian Foster has made it pretty clear he's playing at 15. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, he's got the ability to go there, which means in the 23, who, who um, sits on the bench becomes easier. Mm. Um, but, yeah, who starts? I think Rico yeah. definitely starts at 13. Outside of that, I don't know, who, I don't know what, what direction they'll go at 12. This week could be crucial. Yeah, who they go for? Do you just chuck out his? Yeah, I've gone. Well, I think the one thing that one positive that he does have is that he's been working with Rico the whole year, so that kind of cohesion, um, oh, having yeah. that, having them working together, um, really helps them. So yeah, I have gone for that five. I've gone for Quinn, Rico, Jack, Davian, RTS, and obviously Braden Enor, who was in that NDS um, tour squad last year. Unfortunately, misses out, and uh, unfortunately, Alex Nankerville as well, who I think has been fantastic for the Chiefs. So. But again, he'll get an opportunity at the um, New Zealand Moldy level to be able to, um, you know, stake his claim playing it. In- Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. National Island team and see how he um, goes against that team. Yeah, and I think Enel has played well enough to warrant selection, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, just his versatility, but there's just not enough space. Um, and and I, I, it might be good for him to get back and play some big minutes at, at MPC as well, because, you know, he's had a bit of a um, run of injuries, mm. so get his confidence back. I know when he played, commentated a couple of games for him with Canterbury, and he's definitely a level above, and so it's great for great for the competition, for one, but also for the mm. players that are around him. It's bloody hard to get a spot in the Crusaders' midfield. <laughs> it, it, it's not an easy place to get consistent and time. I know, but it's also like, it shows you how good Jack is. I don't know, like, that's a big injury he came back from, and he just seems to have slipped right back into where he left off. Um, and I, I feel he's pushed his way into that squad, just purely from his class. Like, some of his touches, yeah. He's, he was, he, yep. His ability to play 12 isn't it, off the cards. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Mm. We'll step out to the outside backs then, five or six of them. Uh, Where do yeah, you see I've it going? Five. I've got five. Who have yeah. you got? I've gone uh, Geordie Barrett, Will Jordan, Sevy Reese, and then I've gone um, Caleb Clark, and then I think Leicester's going to jump in for Bridgie. I think so. But, you know, George obviously has the aerial game and is a little bit different compared to Caleb, Sevy, and, and um, Leicester. So if they still want that aerial game and being able to have a, a different winger on their left-hand side, you've got George Bridge, but... I think you just can't leave Leicester out with how he's been playing the last two years. And you've got Caleb Clark, who has played well for the Blues. So I've got five. You might see something a bit different, Jip, but no, that's I've, what I'm thinking. I've, I've got those five, and I think they're going for the two out-and-out um, beasts and, and Clark and, and Whanganuku because of Rico's ability to cover wing as well. Um, and he, ha he has the ability to be that power winger, but he also has the ability to um, you know, be an aerial exponent. Um, you know, similar to like a George Bridge or a Sever Reese. So can you see any of this changing based on Super Rugby semi-final form? I just don't know the guys that are on the cusp are going to be starting. You know, so like Braden's probably not going to start, so that, that's going to be tough. Um, I don't think George will start based on what the selection of the team has been in the previous week, so that makes it challenging. But those are probably two players in the stacked Crusaders side that had probably just because of the side they're in haven't had as um, much minutes to stake their claim. I don't know how you see it, Bryn. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't know the team, oh, yeah. of course. Not, but. Don't know the team, but um, I think more so just around here, all the players who have kind of talked about that on the cusp. You know, you think maybe Alex Nankerville. You know, he's probably one guy that will start as playing well. But um, like we said, Brad's been uh, the incumbent and him missing out. It's going to be pretty hard, unless it's injuries, you know, unless it's injuries, but... I think you, know. you bring up a good point around Nankville, the, the Māori's option. Yeah. The fact he can play that, again, I stress that that's a, a, a massive opportunity to put your hand up to say, pick me in the championship, because you're still going to get to play, you know, an international squad. Mm. He's the kind of player you know will not let you down at test level. No, but he's also got his own little X factor, like, mm. you know, like he just has the ability or this knack of scoring, you know, sort of out of nowhere tries, um, you know, whether, and it's all through his effort game. You know, he, he's, yeah. he's actually great at getting across the game line, but his effort on like hard ball gets or, you know, just towing through on the weekend as an example, he, he, those little um, extra efforts off the ball 
um, pay off for him, you know, maybe a charge down or, or something like that. So um, he's definitely um, pushing his case. But if, if he can do that against Ireland in those midweek tests, then, yeah, he, 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 he solidifies his, as a genuine contender. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think if he does play in his, well in his Ireland games, if there are injuries throughout the year and you can play, you know, one or two test matches really well against you know, arguably one of the form international teams in the world, um, yeah, I think it takes his claim and saying probably for the selectors saying, oh, yep, if there are injuries, we know a guy that can can play at this level with his performances with the Mouldy. So, um, yeah, it's a big couple of weeks for Alex coming up. He's obviously got us this week. Um, hopefully he doesn't go too well, um, <laughs> the old mate. But, um, yeah, a lot, a lot to play for for, guy, for guys like Alex Nankin. There's a bunch of other international footy coming up and because we're slaves to the clicks we're all <laughs> over the world if we can. Um, we've got uh, the Pacific Nations Cup. We've got South Africa Wales coming up. We've got the Pumas versus Scotland. We've got Japan versus Uruguay and France. There's a bunch of stuff coming up. Let's start with the number of Moana Pacifica and Fijian Drua players who have made mm. these teams. I mean, that's, that really shows how important these two sides are in Super Rugby. Yeah, and also the experience they've been through. We've spoken about, you know, they've had both sides had their backs against the wall during Super Rugby in terms of storm weeks for Minor Pacifica and the Fiji and Dorua ha- having to, you know, move bases. That, and then when they moved bases in Sunshine Coast, it got flooded. So they had to, you know, almost live on the road, bouncing from city to city and, and no complaints. Mm. Still turned up and fronted up and, and impressed. And, and I think... Those experiences will hold them in good stead for international footy because it will be another step up, um, and and you know their their discipline around their preparation, but also um, those decisions um, around game management um, will will be crucial. And they would have learned a lot a lot of that getting that balance right throughout that Super Rugby campaign. And what's super exciting is more names: Seta Tamani Valu, um, Jordan Talfour for Samoa. Like, we're seeing more of these guys stepping into this international realm, guys who really should have played a lot more test footy than they have by now. Former teammates of yours, both of them, Bryn. Yeah, it is. And I think, if you know, if you look at last year, you know, the Tongan side, when they all, you know, played against the All Blacks, they just didn't have players, whether they'd be through COVID or not getting released from their squads. And obviously the new eligibility rules that have been able to give guys opportunities to play for a second country, um, it's only going to make it better. You know, you've got Charles Piertel as well. He's in that squad for Tonga, who I've talked, we've talked about a lot around um, his involvement and missing out, and his and his um, and his world class ability for all these years. And so, any time you can get guys like that, you've got obviously Falau coming back um, for Tonga, and you've got um, you've got Augustine Polu. So that Tongan team's going to look a lot better than it did last year. And so, um, and even in the Samoan team, you know, I'd hate to think what they're going to be like drip coming the Northern Hemisphere. And they've got, you know, the likes probably of Stephen Luatua, Lima Sabuanga, and those game management roles, having a guy with experience. Um, so it's looking really good for those uh, for those nations coming up for the World Cup, and hopefully we can see them playing some good footy for their um, for their home nations. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and I sort of speaking with Tom Coventry the other day. Um, you know, he's obviously joining the Samoan coaching team, and um, you know they feel when they do do that Northern Hemisphere tour, there'll be one or two others that will will join and, and really mm-hmm. make them a threat going into yeah twenty twenty three. It's bloody exciting to see. Uh, the Springboks versus Wales, they've named a 17-man kind of train-on squad. Good squad. Before the rest of the squad even turns up. A couple yeah. of new guys, Makunu and Williams, come into that squad. Um, obviously, there's going to be some big, big-name players who aren't in that 17 right now that'll be there. Playing against Wales, do you think Wales stand a chance against a squad of those kind of names? Well, I think Wales are in... Uh under a bit of pressure, you know, I, I think with off the back of Six Nations and, and not probably performing as well as I'd like, 
um, they'll they'll have an edge about them. Their preparation, you know, Wayne Pivak will certainly leave no stone unturned and, and looking to pick form players because you've got to hit the ground running um, because it will be a challenging. You know, I just read those 17 players of the <laughs> of the Springboks and I was just like, man, that's a hell of a squad just right there. Um, so. It, it will be a challenge. South Africa will go in as favourites, no doubt. Mm. Absolutely no doubt. Mm. Mm. Michael Checker has brought back Augustine Creevy. I think that's awesome. You know, he's a guy that plays with so much passion. And, you know, um, we had Pablo on earlier in the year, and, and that's what they live and die on is that passion for the jersey. And he's been, you know, crying out publicly to get back into the squad, and, and I think it's a great move. Um, whether he plays... Um, a lot he'll probably come off the bench as you know with the skipper being the other hooker um, but I think guys with like Kubeli, um, you know Creevy, uh, Lavanini, all those guys that are you know sort of 80 plus tests will be crucial in, in getting the Springboks to bounce back and we know that you know Michael Checker has the ability to, to get sides humming um, by you know empowering them to sort of run their own cutter um, and and I think they'll they'll be better for it and I, I don't know you know, Scotland will probably go in, you know, from a, a TAB point of view as favourites, but I, I don't think by the end of it that that will be the case. I think Argentina have a, a massive opportunity to start their run towards 2023 uh, with the squad they've picked, and we know how good they are at World Cups. They always deliver at World Cups, so uh, look out Scotland, I'd say. I'll just, um, obviously, with the inclusion of, obviously, David Kidwell as the assistant coach, Chip, as well, I think it's um, interesting. It'd be interesting to see if they change anything defensively, possibly having kind of a league background, if you're looking at a little bit more um, line speed and something different in, in the context here, because obviously, um, obviously for the viewers that don't know, uh, David Kidwell, Rugby League, great of New Zealand Rugby, uh, New Zealand Rugby League, and so um, I think it's pretty interesting that Checker selected him. That's right, eh, Ross? Yeah. He's been selected as the assistant coach, so thinking outside the box, um, it'd be interesting to see what he can um, he can do to influence that Argentinian side. I think the key will be... <clears throat> in the way. <laughs> the key is in the way. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, th- I think the key, though, is yes, they'll want to bring more line speed because that's what most um, you know NRL teams do. Um, that they'll want to control the ball and the offload. So he may do a bit of that double team tackling and stacking, and because you know he won't necessarily be okay with the ruck um, as much. Mm. So I think we'll see those two things. Where he will have to be mindful is how he gets his kick coverage in the backfield because it's totally different for league. When there's kick space, they don't take it. You know, they, they'll use their five tackles and then look to kick, or sometimes they kick early, but you know what I mean. So I think that backfield cover will be will be um, surely, the challenge. Surely he can't be just... Sorry, I could be completely wrong here, but it's not like he's worked in rugby before, has he? This is uh, his first time being with a rugby team? Not from memory, but... Yeah, so... Checker obviously has an ability as well. He's worked in rugby a long time. He's worked in both codes, so he knows what he's wanting. Do you know what I mean? He's employed him for for maybe those two roles, and he's going to say, "Oh, well, we need to control the backfield cover or whatever," and and we'll guide him in that space. But he's clearly he he he's seen something, and he's gone to a league, um, you know, defence coach because for for whatever reason, like he, he's a smart man, checker. He doesn't just do things out of. He hasn't just gone. Oh, I'll just employ David Kidwell. There'll be there'll be a reason and purpose. It's worked in for different teams. Wales it worked for them for a long period of time, having a league defensive coach. You know, mm. it is a thing that has had success. Irish <coughs> is it Andy Farrell? Andy, Andy Farrell. Farrell yes, yeah, so well, yeah. he, he's done with England as well. So yeah, it's definitely definitely has its place because of the unique way they look at the defensive game. 
Mm. I definitely think around the wrestle gym, you know, we, I think, you know, even with us having time with you know, rugby league rugby league teams and understanding how important the contact area is and being able to hold the ball and slow down the ball. I think if you're looking around, you know, the lightning quick ball, the likes of Ireland and even the likes of France, anytime you can, I guess, kind of have a solution to try and slow that down, I can imagine David Kidwell would have some really good techniques around holding the ball, slowing down the ball. Obviously, legally, Czech will probably um, you know, marry that up with a hybrid of rugby as well, being able to the rules and that. But I think, you know, the contact area, I'd like to think that that's where David Kidwell will try and slow down that ball and having a few ideas and, and, and um, drills to be able to try and nullify that. Yeah, well, we all know if you don't win the collision, you're not going to get yourself in a position to offload. So I think that'll be the first thing is that line speed and maybe two men in the tackle. Um, but we all we all know that how destructive teams, if we use the Blues for an example, and it's not me being biased, it's a reality, is when they get that offload game going through the middle and the pop passes and it's like almost like pop touch, it's just too hard to recover defensively. So being able to nullify those sorts of things is, is a great start in winning test matches, isn't it? It is. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong, NRL correspondent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, he obviously worked for a while with Craig Bellamy. Craig yeah. Bellamy is a genius in rugby league, but also a person who is right at, on the edge of innovation with a million different kinds of tackles that are invented. And he's a defensive specialist. Yeah, that's so that's Bellamy's a really game. good grounding for David Kidwell, isn't it? Absolutely, especially in terms of standard set and, and you know the nuts and bolts of defence is fitness. So it won't just be what he can do um, technically, it'll be you know where he can get them to aerobically as well. Yeah, and you guys have had some, I suppose, us as relationships with, with Bellamy and the Storm along the way. Obviously, it's helped with some of the things that you've done. Yeah, I think it has. I think we, you know, that's more so Razor and the coach has been able to connect and uh, marry a few ideas. I think um, Trent Robinson as well, I think. Uh, we've got a connection with those Roosters boys as well. So, um, yeah, I think, again, it's been able to great been able to get some ideas from different different code. Yes, it's a little bit different, but there are a few there are a lot of similarities around rugby league and rugby. And so, anytime you can get something different or um, an out there idea that can improve your side, um, it's a great it's a great thing that we're able to have those two coaches to be able to get some ideas off. Uh, the other games: uh, Japan versus Uruguay and France. Now, obviously, France are on the up. They're a hell of a team not always in their full capacity in the mid-season windows, are mm. they? Like, often they're not looking as strong as they possibly could. Japan, do they have a chance here? I think you never write them off. But I, I, I don't know, that French depth is, is, is deep. Um, they'll, they'll want to create opportunities. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're, they're a chance. But the expectation is the French will win. Yeah, yeah, you never want to write them off. No, not with Jamie Joseph, and, and I think, you know, um, just they di probably didn't trend as upward as they would have liked last season. They sort of fell away, especially on that interview tour. Um, but fresh, coming out of a, you know, a, a strong, you know, League One comp, yeah, I mean, they're a chance, mm. especially not against their top side. And, and there's no need for the French to put out their top side. Those seasons are so long. I mean, we've got a European championship in, in La Rochelle but they still haven't had the final of top footing you know, they, they, they're long seasons and, and getting that mental re rest before what is a massive you know, 12 months for, the, for those French leaders in particular um, Absolute scenes in La Rochelle That was That's unbelievable Andrew wasn't it? Yeah. It was like I was watching that and I was like man like I just, you just don't under, understand how passionate the French are about rugby mm. until you see that personally Yeah 
I want to see that down at the viaduct. Yeah. Or, or down at uh, wherever it is that you go and cry. <laughs> done it once. I've, we've done it a couple of times, and I tell you what, it's not. It's not there. It's it's definitely not there. <laughs> very lucky to uh, get our Christchurch uh, people out there so cold and down this time of the year. But um, yeah, but what, what scenes though? I think, man, Jesus, a couple of the layers having a few few beverages as well on the top of the bus, getting excited. Oh, so yeah. Uh, adds to the occasion i think you know how much it means to that city and i know uh, ronan nogara uh, spent a bit of time with us how how happy he'll be and it's great to see him to be able to get a bit of silverware and um, even the likes of ihaya west and tawara kubalo who've been in that club for a while and victor vito as well so great to see some kiwis getting some some silverware over overseas uh, speaking of tawara kubalo it's probably remiss of me not to say it also could happen in hamilton you know, <laughs> those scenes could happen in Hamilton. It could, it you know, could. and and they could be celebrating down there. You got told off for joining the Blues bandwagon, so you just get yeah. back on that Chiefs one. Uh, I was told I, when I accidentally said <laughs> we last week. I, I'm a you Chiefs, were joking. I'm a Chiefs fan. <laughs> I, I, I was. A, it might have been a Freudian slip, but yeah. I, I, I thought I was joking. Yeah, I, I yeah, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to get rid of Blues bias off this show. Yeah, apparently. Yes, yeah, yeah, but uh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Um, Yes, so look, let's move on. I don't know where to go from there. Form 15. Um, form 15. Let's form get into 15. some Super Rugby Form 15. Obviously, if you've been on RugbyPass.com recently, you'd have seen that you can pick your Form 15 throughout the season and we'll get to the end of the year and whoever's been closest to the overall picks will get a chance to come on here with us. Boys, Super Rugby Form 15, four games, fewer people to choose from. Um, does that make it easier? Yep, that yep. Well, it did for me. Um, I went to Groot, um, Tokiaho, Tarval, Retallick Barrett, Scott, um, Akira Yuani, Luke Jacobson at seven, Will Harris from the Waratahs at eight. He's had some season, Will Harris. I've really enjoyed mm. him. He, and the pace he showed, there's, oh, there's got to be yeah. some sort of sevens background there. Yeah. That, was, that was ridiculous. So I, I think he's you know, knocking on the door for selection um, you know, with his work off the ball and what he's doing with it. Uh, I went Weber and Gatlin. I just thought they were the, a great combo on the weekend. Um, RTS, but um, Simone was, was really good for the Brumbies. Um, but RTS was, um, sorry, Roger was my... Um, <laughs> Roger Tuivasa. Roger, yeah, Roger was my... Middle names? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Roger was my um, player of the round, so that's why he gets it. Um, Rico Yuani at 13. Leicester Whanganuku at 11. I went AJ Lamb. I, I agree Sevu was outstanding, but AJ Lamb's impact off the bench, he was awesome, man. The work he did off the ball, um, it was just great to see him get that reward for that try because most players give up on that. The kick was too long, and he just busts through the middle, comes from you know inside to out, where normally wingers will be on the outside, gets a try. So he really impressed me. Um, and I went Morby. Stevie Petrofetta, similar to Sevu Reese. It's come to expect those performances, and I think Morby probably is going to come out as Rookie of the Year um, for for the whole competition. He is everything he touches turns to gold at the moment. Yeah, he's good. Is he in your team? The Morby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was in my. Yeah, he was, he started. I'll start at the start with the backs. But yeah, Morby was uh was in there for me. Like you said, Stevie P played really well for the Blues. But um, look, I thought um, Morby was great on the weekend. Um, I've gone Brad Weber. I actually went Richie Moanga. I thought all the all three tens actually played really yeah. well, Jip. I think. It, Pretty tough to call. I thought yeah, we all know I've got blues. a soft spot for Gatlin. Yeah, I, well, again, I was between Richie and Gats. I actually had all three of them. I thought they all played well, but um, I thought Richie was was good. It was, was massive for us on the weekend. Um, I went AJ Lamb on the left wing. Um, I thought his injection for that Blues team was great. Um, I think, obviously, Bryce Hamey is a, a well-experienced campaigner. 
his efforts and being able to get, to win the aerial game as well, I think will be crucial moving forward against the Brumbies. So I had AJ Lamb on the left wing, had Davy and had Davy at twelve with with Rog, uh, but I went Davy, and then I've gone Rico at thirteen, went Sever at fourteen. Oh, yeah, I think he was his twinkly toe best on the weekend, scoring two tries and scoring a crucial try at a crucial time for us. Uh, for the forwards, I've gone to group notable mention for Bell Angus Bell. Jeez, he's been great this year, Jip Angus Bell for the Waratahs. Yeah, um, Gus took it to him though. I was surprised. Yeah, I like think, Gus, yeah, yeah, Gus. Man, a- a- sorry, <laughs> Angus Tarbell. Jeez, we do say a lot of nicknames now. I'm thinking about it. Um, <laughs> Angus Tarbell, I think he's had a great season, man. Sorry to take off Angus Bell, but yeah, I agree. But in terms of the core roles, Angus Tarbell was yeah. all over him. Yeah, um, and then I've gone Takiyaho as well. Um, to Gruden, I've, I've gone uh, Alalatoa as well. Um, and then I went Brody Retallick, Scott Barrett, Akiri Yawani. Would have gone Ethan Blackheader, but I obviously got injured a little bit early on, so uh, gives it to uh, Jacobson. And I also went Will Harris as well, who I think has been um, great for the Waratahs in that oh, full pack. good, man. Yeah. Where's he come from? Like, I, I, he, he, was he playing last season or just bit part? I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, I haven't really played. He could be up for Rookie of the Year mm. if it is, well, but I don't want to insult him. He might have been there for like. five years. And, and he's like, look at these clowns. They don't even know their squads. <laughs> we don't know your nickname. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> William Harris. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Willie. Hi, Willie, mate. <laughs> Harry. <laughs> yeah, oh, great. Well, that, that's pretty good. I look forward to eventually having someone in studio with us to, to oh, I know. all of these things. I know. We're only a couple of weeks away. Oh, lucky. How lucky they are. Are yeah. you are you going to be here or are you just going to leave me to get abused on my own? Actually, yeah, because what? <laughs> oh, there's a chance you'll be on Mad Monday. <laughs> there oh, are no Mad Mondays anymore, Ross. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> there are none. No celebrations. No. There's a cup of tea <laughs> and it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're you going cardio. If we, do make, if we do make it, I'll, I'll be a satellite. I'll tune you in for about five minutes. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I seem to remember us talking about that last year, the year before, and the year before that. And, yeah, um, never happened. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there might have been a well, photo going through. Yeah. If you don't mind, don't mind the coverage with the one on a phone, probably out on the WAPS. Um, <laughs> if you get the opportunity to do that, I'll, I'll try and... Uh, I'll try and do it. Good on you, brother. Yeah, nice one, mate. Nice one. And now the other regular um, thing that we do each week is rethinking rugby. Um, now we had someone get into us last week and ask us about specialist locks, which probably goes in with this all-black selection as well. Do we need specialist locks now that we have so many loose forward-come locks around? Guys like Tupo Vai, guys like Tom Robinson, who've got the ability to be dynamic and loose and be a lock as well. Is the day of being a specialist lock over, and should we just pick five loose forwards? No, absolutely not. I, I, th- I sort of spoke about it by chance around Sam Whitelock and Brody been in and around you know summer Sony for the last six months and what they provide in terms of confidence and if you go for the you know Lucy's aren't as tall you need that height uh, and any if you use the force they're the best defensive line out in super rugby because they've got the tallest pack um, and they have the ability to steal ball and and you know they're second best line out to the, to the Highlanders on attack so I, I think there's a massive place for it um, there's also a role as specialist locks to be direct and take some tough carries through the middle. Um, and and if you look at our locks these days, you've got Retallick and um, you know Whitelock defensively getting turn, you know breakdown turnovers. Like there's not too much that 
differentiates them, in my opinion, and, and, and their role in the game. So no, no. And that's coming from a hooker that needs, you need a student in the game lock to, to create that space through either manipulation of movement or walking in and understanding when to go quick. Done. Done. Signed off. The answer, Lock K, yeah. sorry, is uh, no. <laughs> um, Ross, yeah, that's my answer right there, mate. That's uh, been <laughs> Big okay, well, I think we've rounded that out. We've obviously got a big weekend of footy. You're up first on Friday. The Crusaders versus the Chiefs. Um, I'm not going to ask you who's going to win. Who do you think is going to win this game? Oh, I think the fact that the Chiefs got over them. You know, we saw the Crusaders bounce back in Hamilton. There'll be a chip on the shoulder. I think it will be close because mm. I think the Chiefs will have a chip on their shoulder now about the way they performed at their home. But I think the Crusaders just get it with their ability to play their game in those conditions. Mm-hmm. What is the key thing for the Chiefs for you this weekend, just rounding out? When they come to Christchurch, what do they bring to the table that makes it more difficult than other teams? Oh, man, they're just uh, they're just such a tough team at this time of the year, I think. Um, the margin of error is just a lot a lot shorter, a lot smaller with, with the Chiefs. I think, you know, look at the Waratahs of the weekend. If you make any mistakes... They pounce on it with their with their turnover and click attack, their counter attack off of errors, and so I think for us it's always just having that ability to stay on because um, if you take that split second where you're not looking, um, you know, they can end up scoring a couple of tries off you, and that could be the game. So I think um, it's their, yeah, relen- wait, probably... their relentless physicality as well, Bryn. I just feel like they lift a notch when they play you guys down there. They just, whew, yeah. they're looking to hurt. It's always. <laughs> It's always a, it's just a tough encounter. Every time, you know, you've got pretty two similar teams that are, um, that work hard off the ball and, are, you know, Kilijanera is always a massive one and um, there's some great players. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a, a really tough encounter. And so, I'm it could just come down to, it could just come down to one or two moments, Jip, you know, I one know. or two moments that you, know, you could be going 70, 75 minutes of stalemate and one turnover or one click attack or one something that up ends up winning the game. So, um, we'll delve into a little bit more. Don't want to get into it away too much, but yeah, a really exciting opportunity. A really exciting opportunity for us. So, when slash if you guys win the semi final this weekend, who would you be playing in the final? The Brumbies or the Blues? Not even, not even thinking about that, uh, Ross. Well, just, give us an answer, mate. Are the Blues going to win this week or not? <laughs> yeah, um, I think the Blues do win. Yeah, I think they'll take the learnings from that Brumbies week. Um, that they played the man being at Eden Park at home. I think you can't you can't take away how important it is to be able to have home advantage. You know, you look at the Brumbies and the Hurricanes. You know, if that game's at Wellington, I think the Hurricanes end up winning that game. But for the fact they're at home at Eden Park and it's a bit of a fortress um, at the moment, not many teams are going in there winning. So I think it's going to be. I think that for the Brumbies, their challenge is being able to have that same mindset like they can for the Hurricanes and being able to back it up again and not being able to give the Blues any opportunities. You take what you did that first 20 minutes with the Highlanders, and can you do that? Can you do that for 80 minutes? Because if you are not, if you do anything more, less than that, I think the Blues will win, they'll win the game. I, th- I think um, the aerial game, man, if the Blues can just go f- have parity there, they win this game. Because um, the Brumbies, I'm assuming, would have seen that second half and gone, this is our game, guys. You know, we're going to challenge in the air. We're going to pick off um, territory advantage, you know, in that backfield. So if, if, if the Blues can get their coverage right around the back and they can, guys like AJ Lamb um, and Co can do what they did eerily against the Highlanders, um, I, I think it's 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 theirs. They'll, they'll, they'll win that game. I think one thing as well, Jip, I think having Luke Romano in the squad for this week, 
um, is massive. You right. walk around the, the Brumbies, the Brumbies, Brumbies line out more. Um, there's no better guy, I know, from our, our experience having, um, having Luke and how smart he is around defending line out malls. I know that he'll be in and around that forward pack, giving them the, the things that they need to be able to nullify that, um, that set piece. Because if they can stop that line out mall and there's no line out drives scored, um, then the Brumbies will, uh, won't get that result. I, I caught up with him. Um, on the weekend, and this just showed to me why he's a champion, you know, and why he wins titles everywhere he goes. Is I said to him, "Man, you've had such a great season, you know, you know, you must be loving it, you know, up here and enjoying it." He goes, "It counts for nothing if there's no trophy." Just straight <laughs> off the bat, and I was like, "Okay, cool, cool, cool." <laughs> so you, I think he is massive um, in and around yep. the environment, especially for a, you know, still a developing Ford pack in, in terms of age and, and experience. I just think, oh, he's almost like he's as when I was speaking to Tom about him, he, he said he's just like another coach. You know, he almost Tom will be thinking, I'm about to go say something, and, and Luke will say it. You know, like that, and that's just so nice as a coach when you don't have to use your voice all the time, and it's players driving players. You know. Yeah, yeah, and imagine for him, Blues Crusaders at Eden Park playing for the Blues. Oh, he'd be salivating. What a weekend that would be for him. Yeah. <laughs> That would be incredible. It, it would be a it would be a sellout. <laughs> We've still got a week, don't we, Bryn? We've got the Chiefs, brother. We've got the Chiefs. Yeah. On message, Bryn Hall. Yeah. As ever. Thank you very much, and good luck for the weekend, Bryn. Hope you Cheers, get. Man. Well, I'm a Chiefs man. I hope you get the win. But it would be a Blues Crusaders final. Is it's the final, isn't it? Like that is what the whole world would probably want. I so, think so. Yeah, so good luck. Cheers, mate. Thanks, lads. <laughs> and thank you very much to James Parsons once Pleasure, again. Mate. Great analysis, some good stats out of the Red Book. Oh, yeah. Some very strong stats out of there. And uh, that was another Aotearoa Rugby Pod. I'm Ross Carr. We'll catch you again next week when we've got an All Blacks team in hand and we've also got our finalists in place. Matewa. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.